Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Emma's tired, but we're doing it. Well, Emma's not. I don't know. You're trying your best. We're doing it. I just, you know what it is? I napped. And now when I woke up and I saw your message, I was like, because <gasps> I thought you, I slept for like four hours and you were like, oh. downstairs. And like, let me in. But I was like, she just would have text Colin. It's fine. I text on the MMI group. Yeah. So like, she would have got in. She said, let me in. Panic Plus, I was sitting in the car until one of you texted me back. Panic stations. I put my boot on. I couldn't even zip it up the full way because I was like, oh my God. Like, and then I was like, it's fine. She was, she, I literally just got the text message. It's not oh, like you were yeah. down there for ages. But I am completely out of it. But we're going to power through. Yeah, you're, I think the weather's really affecting you. I can't deal with this. It's 22 degrees. It's 7 o'clock in the hot. evening and it's 22 It's 22 degrees outside. I know, know, but it's not. It's not. The way you feel is not the way anybody else feels. We're I in think, hell. I think your medication's really affecting you. We're in hell, I feel. Yeah. We're all in hell. Uh, there is no God. Well, I mean, that's true, but like... It's just this. It's just you wake up and you're hot and then you go to bed and you're hot and you leave the window open and then the people below you are having arguments or smoking weed and you're like, I can't leave my window open because it's gross and it smells gross. Have you not got a fan? No. <laughs> I need to buy a fan. Yeah. I could have just bought a fan today. You know, <laughs> that'd be doing the right thing, Sarah Jane. I have a fan. It's me. And you know what? Hey! Uh, you do. And uh, I have a fan and it is lovely. just need a fan. It's very nice. Like, I need one, like a Madonna video, anyone here, 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 here. The, the one I have moves. Yeah, Flavio's on the remote control, oh. Mine has remote control too. Oh, I'm in the bedroom, I'm just like. Yes. It's amazing. And then you, Graham does laugh at me, because then I'd be like, what's oh, it, like, cold, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Put the duvet on. Put the duvet on. Like, turn, the... Turn, don't turn the fan off. No, you got to leave the fan leave on. Leave the fan alone. Have a little duvet. But there are times where poor Graham comes away to Spain with me, and Graham will get a head colder or the flu. Because I'll have the temperature like minus 12 in the bedroom with that AC on. <sighs> I would be the exact same. And he'd just be like, it's It's so freezing. cold. And they don't have duvets in Spain. No. But it's worth it and we need to be cold and Irish people are not built for this. So, although most people are. Everybody seems to be having a lovely time. Yeah, no, the weather's nice. Although it rained today and it was a silent thunderstorm. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. electrical storms. Well, it, wasn't, it didn't rain in Monaghan. Hello, everybody. We are back for the sorry about not being back last week. I I didn't even tell you. I said, I don't have any more excuses. <laughs> we just didn't want it. What happened so, last week? Oh, we just, we just, we just do it. <laughs> <laughs> we went to London and then we came back from London and I was like, oh, I'm away. You know, and I then you were away. Uh, so I said, you know, I'm not even going to insult the intelligence of these people that listen to this piece of shit by getting on Instagram and being like, hey, guys, I was like, I have an excuse. I don't think you have to have an excuse. We you just, just be like, didn't hey, want to. We're not recording. Sarah's away. We were away. I know, but I feel bad. And I feel we were away. Then I got back and I was in the country for like 12 hours. And then you were gone again. And I was gone again. I feel like I'm lying to the children. I, uh, I did have to lie to Lily's teacher last week and say I was taking her out to go to the dentist but I was actually just taking her out so I could see her before I got back on a plane oh what day was that? Tuesday ah because if I didn't I wouldn't have seen her until Friday oh okay Um, and she was very upset about it so I took her out and we went to Starbucks 
It's so funny because if that was my man when I was younger, she'd have been like, oh, that's not, it's your problem, not my problem. I'm not going to see what you can do about it. And like, your parents wouldn't have. <laughs> Jean Caroline would have come and take you out of school because I won't see you for three days. No. No, no I didn't go out an hour early. Like, it wasn't. Ah, I sure. still like to teach her. I still like what she said. Did you have to say, like. I don't have to. I just felt like I did. I was like, she no, has a dentist. No, I feel I would be too. I'd be like, I have to come up with something like, now. Even I want to I wanna go away to Disneyland for my birthday. <laughs> and then. Um, Graham was like, if we go, if we go, she'll be a month off school because of the midterm. Oh he shit! Said, no, we can't go. Oh shit! My parents wouldn't even think about that. No. Uh, but why would she be a month off school? Because I want to go at the beginning of October for my birthday. Oh, uh, and when's the midterm? Like the last two weeks in October. <laughs> but she was like, it's t- she's not out of school for a month. She's. Oh, sorry. Okay, she I get what you mean. I get what you mean. So you're not going to go? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Um. You could go somewhere else. I mean, it's Holy Communion year. Like, what's she missing out on? Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, just Some fucking learning the, prayers. Yeah, they're just saying the fucking prayers and shit. Like, I'm sure there's educators listening to this being like, no, we actually do. No, we actually things. do teach them. Uh, you could go somewhere else if you didn't want to go there. Mm, I'll see. My we'll sister's see. getting married, so I will be spending all my money on that. Oh, wedding. Her lovely wedding. It's wedding excited. season. It is wedding season. Loads of people are getting married. Brescoloni. Brescoloni died. Sylvia Buscaloni. Who? Sylvia Buscaloni, the old Italian presidente who oh, was fucking kids left, right, and center. Good. Um, and he did. He's eighty-three. Yeah, uh, left. Uh, left. What did they say? What? What did they say when someone dies and there's a person like their wife's left? You know, like in a. In a I don't know. Yeah, I was like. Uh, uh, by their by his wife and three kids How? outlived whatever it is <laughs> so his girlfriend is 35 years old stop he's 83 this man was like caught having sex with like 16 year olds repeatedly and they elected him twice to be president stop so it's so funny when we're like America America and I'm like look at Italy baby they don't give a fuck yeah he's all he had up was having all these like sex parties do you remember this oh yeah yeah he's called for having all these sex parties he died Pat Robertson also died Happy Pride. Pride. Um, hey, gay. And fucking the Unabomber died. Oh, Unabomber died. He died, yeah. He died. In the so Unabomber, the guy who did it, was down at Waco. Same guy? Yeah, he was that guy. Yeah, yeah. He blew up the building in Oklahoma. Uh, like a year to the day. Mm. Of so Waco. He died as well. He died in, in prison, prison, I take it. Yeah, he did, yeah. So there's lots of deaths of terrible people. Yeah. Of horrendous humans. Just need Trump to die next. Yeah, well, regardless, he's fucked. <laughs> and his, his followers are like, no, he's fine. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. He's fucked. And the they're like, espionage act, man. Yeah, the F- they're like, the FBI planted those documents. Girl, no, they didn't. They were in his bathroom. They literally have video or, or tape of him being like, hey, do you want to see these secret documents? Hey, would you like to see my crimes? Hey, you know the way I have secret documents in my bathroom? You want to come hey. read them? Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I'm going to get a t-shirt made that says, hey, would you like to see my crimes? Hey, I did some crimes. You want to see him? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was. That's all the news that I saw today. I didn't see no more news. I was uh, working. I was learning how to do HACCP level two. HACCP, which is oh, tell you what, boring as shit. Fucking boring, man. Boring as shit. I know. Boring I know how shit. not to poison people. That's good. When I'm cooking, not poisoning people is. Yeah, excellent. I know. But I knew that before I did this course. <laughs> like, <laughs> but listen. You know, you know, you know how to not poison people. Like not knowing how to not poison people is an excellent thing. I'm gonna. Need- Have you ever given anybody food poisoning? No, that's good. Not that I'm aware of. I, I gave myself food poison once. 
I think I've given I've, I've definitely given myself food poisoning before. I remember I was in your house one day, and before I came over, I made I had this stir fry in the fridge that I made, and as I was eating it, I was like, I don't know, man. Finished it. Come over to your house. Uh, uh, Soon you threw up in the toilet downstairs. Yeah, when what's his name is over. Uh, your friend. He's got the funny nickname. Laner. No. He's my friend. Yeah, he's going out with that girl. What the fuck is his name? Hoochie. What's wrong with your brain today? Hoochie oh. <laughs> was over and I was like, I don't feel well. And I'm into your bathroom. And it was this all stir fry, just like the stir fry. Hadn't even chewed it. It just all came back up. Definitely gave myself food poison at that time. I was like, I shouldn't have ate that. Oh. Yeah. And I've given myself food poison a couple of times. There was one time I gave, I think me and, Gra- I think grape, no. I don't know if Grey met it but it was one time I made soup mm-hmm. and the next day I reheated it and the cream or something must have gone in it it turned and I reheated it and I mean within like 30 minutes of me swallowing it <laughs> it came straight back up the cream turned it was honey. warm it turned um, and then obviously I've told the story about the time I ate the ham and cheese croissant that I heated in my yeah, mouth yeah yeah that was fucking a bad time poisoned Isn't fucking myself food poisoning the worst I mean it is the oh. worst but I mean at least you know your fucking stomach is working but that like cramping of your bowels thing oh I hate it I hate it I do I know I said to you when we were sitting at the back of the day, or whatever whenever we were together and I was like sometimes I like hear voices when I'm getting sick yeah and they're like you should just die <laughs> <laughs> put your head in the toilet and don't breathe um or they go, hmm, this is fucking stupid when you eat that. Why'd you eat that? I do this thing where I'm getting sick where I go, please, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do that as well. I'll God, never stop, eat this please, again. Please, God, stop. Please. Stop. Oh, please, God. Uh, there's one time I ate lobster and crab linguine. Ooh, Ooh. seafood uh, will fucking kill you. And it 110% was. But you know, I'm very Bad. proud of us when we were Bad in London. Food. We didn't shit or vomit. Why we didn't do we, a massive amount of we were, we were, We didn't actually. Afterwards, when I was thinking about it, I was like, we actually didn't eat that much. Because I think it was because we were moving around so much. I mean, a whole lot of food. Um, like the so, day we got there, we shared Indian food. We did. And we went to sketch. Went to bed. The next day we got up, we didn't have any breakfast. No, we, we went, went straight, straight to sketch. sketch. And then after sketch, what did we have for dinner? Did we have any dinner? So went to the secret. I don't think we had dinner. No. No, we didn't. No, no, we had uh, the Mexican, the, the tapas. Didn't we? Ah, oh, the tapas. Yeah, but there was barely anything in that. Yeah, but again, we we had no meat. We yeah. just had bread and we potatoes. Bread and potatoes, yeah. And then we went like to Like real Latigre. Irish women. Yeah, we went. We had bread and potatoes. And then we went to La Tigre. And I had padron peppers, which I love. And then we went to La Tigre. And then we came home. We had toast and tea and went to bed. That's it. That's literally what we did. So like we actually didn't we eat a mass amount. We were very busy. Because I didn't vomit, so I was very proud of myself. And even after Beyonce, when Michaela was fucking milling that manky kebab. <laughs> Yeah, if anybody saying, wants yeah. to see Michaela Miller kebab, watch Shannon on TikTok, you know. <laughs> uh, when she was eating that monkey kebab, and she was like, you not get one, you I not just wanted one. to go home. We had ice pops. We did. I had a feast, and you had... I can't remember. But, but all I knew is I wanted to go home. I was like, I just want to go home. Mm. I wasn't even, like, looking for food. It was just... We were in London. We went to see Beyonce. We went to see Le Tigre. Uh, and it was a fabulous weekend. It really was. London was great. They treated us very well. I think I brought my period on early. Probably did. 
I think a lot of traveling can fuck up that as well. Or if like you're due your period and then you travel, sometimes it stops or you don't get it. Or it comes early. Or it comes early or comes late. Yeah, it can. Anyway, it's come early and the first three days of it were just like. (sighs) Torture. And now that this turn, oh my God, it's like the second day of my, do you know that way? Oh, day two, man. Fuck. Listen, day day two two. of your period. I'm like, rip this out of me. I can't deal with this. Yes. Get it out. Get it out of me. Day two of your period should be mandatory that you don't, don't have to work. do anything. You should just be left. But it, uh, you see Spain passed the law, that uh, the menstru- menstruation law, where you can have, I believe it's like five days off a year for period pain or about That's period. not enough. I feel like it should be three days a month. I feel like it should be 12 days a year. Yeah, because like it's fucking horrible. Like... And there are people, you know, thankfully, I know we get bad periods, but there are women out there who are get like... My mother, I remember my mother used to have her period. It was debilitating. Like, she couldn't do anything. She was just in pain constantly. Like, you know, there's women out there that are genuinely really fucking suffer. Like, mm. and they say, they're, my, I remember my mum being afraid to stand up off a chair. Yeah. Terrified. That happened to me in uh, in Disney. I remember you telling me that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so past the point to give, well, I'm always past the I know, point you to give a shit fuck. anyway, yeah. I got up and I was like, do you know what, and Graham, Graham I said to Graham, I'm nearly certain there's blood dripping down the back of my leg not just on the chair but dripping down the back of my leg and uh, the bus was packed and I was wearing a white fucking dress no a white dress no um, I got off the bus and I was like yeah nothing I can do blood all over me there's nothing I can do like like it's if it's like you can't do anything like I can do I did see a thing online of like a guy this girl doing like a test like a social experiment she's going up an escalator and she had like a big bloody patch on the back of her white shorts okay and it's like you're seeing like anyone that'd help her and it's like this guy like tapped her and he was like hey you've got your period you've got your period and she's like oh my god and he like walked right behind her to the bathroom so nobody could see so no one could see and I was like do you know what there's some good people out there man yeah I'm not one of them I would have been like ha no, no we would have been like hey been like, hey, let's walk you back if I have like a, a jacket or something I can give mm-hmm. you to wrap around you or whatever um, but it is shit like <laughs> I ain't being a woman anyway that's my period it's my serious period uh, have you got any housekeeping housekeeping yeah. once again thank you so much for the sold out shows we're well apparently Colin's working on it I don't know what's happening with that. Colin's um, doing something Colin's doing something uh, I've got lovely messages from people on, on Instagram thank you very much I've replied to as many as I can I'm still going through them I'm trying to get through them to everybody's messages um, has anything else happened no. Uh, oh, this week on the Patreon, we made a video. We did like a, a video chat thing and recorded it because I have to get used to being perceived. So we did that and that's it. That's all I have. Um, A lady called Veronica Malloy got in touch. Veronica! And she was so lovely. So she's Father Noel Malloy's niece. Yeah. yeah, uncle, niece, yeah. And she just said, she sent the loveliest message, but she, it, one, it made me realise that, <sighs> like, sometimes when I do these stories or when you do a story and we're sitting here, I think, God, how would I feel if... Yeah, somebody was talking about my relative. Yeah, yeah. or like my mum or my dad or my yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, or my yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And I always want to make sure that, like, we're, like, treating people with dignity and all Not that Not gossiping. Stuff. Yeah. That's the thing that um, I don't ever want to do. I don't want to gossip about people. And I'm sure at some point we have... Yeah done it and not mean, meant to do it but I don't want to be sitting here going blah, 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 like because you're talking about Ireland is the size of Tiny. a fucking postage stamp you meant to people that have messages to be like you spoke about my auntie yeah. but this is anyway Father Noel Malloy's niece and she said 
just lovely things and she said thanks that we treated it with like compassion and empathy and it made it feel like her uncle had a voice. What's her name again? Uh, Veronica, Veronica Roy is Veronica, her name. Veronica, thank you for your message. And she was so lovely and so sweet. Um, and yeah, like justice has never been done for that man. No. Um, There's so many cases you see that nothing has ever come of it and you're still kind of <sighs> expecting something to happen but you fucking know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, actually, as well, I was reading, I, I just took a screenshot of it. Um, there was remains found in Ballymena and Antrim, and they believe that it's the girl that's girl. missing, Chloe Mitchell. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people are obviously rightfully very, very upset about this. And I just want to, like, her family, I'm sure, don't listen to this, but just to her family, like, more femicide. Femicide. And two men have been arrested. On the rise. So, two men. Two men. Chin men have been arrested. I think that they were just waiting for confirmation. Of the body? Yeah. So, you know, just to her family or, or anybody who knows her, because I know that I have people messaging me being like, especially in the North, being like, that's my friend. That's my yeah. cousin. That's my, my person up the road. I live in that area. Just to say how deeply sorry we are uh, to Chloe's family and friends, because what do you do with that? Needless. Needless. Fucking needless, lads. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. I don't have anything else. I don't think anything else has happened. We and Sarah have been around each other a lot, so we keep, we're not talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to like... We need to break. We need to not see each other for... But I can't not see you. I know, you. I don't want to not see you. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not going to like put our friendship on the back burner for the podcast, but what we need to do is when we're not around, we need to write down things that happened. Yeah, sometimes I'm good list. at that and I write down things that yeah. happened. Um, hang on, I check my notes because I may have done that while... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely not. There's just loads of lists of here. Li- listen to this list: toothpaste, underpants, hair clips, straightener, hair brand, face wash, conditioner, toothbrush, pajamas, white bra, navy trousers, leopard shirt, green and white. <laughs> yeah, it must be. They're like me. I write lists. Yeah, shit, and then I, I take them all off. I mustn't have brought toothpaste. Stinky breath. Oh my god! What's oh, wrong with me? Um, I have notes in here for when I die. Same what? I can't tell you. They're for when I die. Well, this I did How are we going to know? Because <laughs> I've told you now. Okay, so I've so when I die, you need to... into your phone. You know my fucking pin. To Emma. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey. To Emma. I never let you. <laughs> That's yeah. very morbid, Sergey. Yeah, I do. I've, t- I have two notes in here for when I die. I must go back and see if stuff's still relevant. See my notes app has. My notes app has the weirdest shit because it's just the names of these, the fucking shows that we're going to do. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, okay. here also, I have to explain Graham Sweaty Arse. Why? Because we named an episode Graham Sweat Yours and then Colin cut the entire <laughs> segment out. Thank you. And Graham was like, why'd you call it that? It's hilarious. And I was like, because you have a fucking sweat yours. So anyway, Graham has a sweaty arse. And I'm telling you now, lads, like if, if, <laughs> if there's a sweaty arse doctor out there. Please come find us. Get in touch. I think Graham needs fucking Botox in his arse. Could be. Some people have that. Like, um, I've a, never, I roll over in the middle I used of the to night. Live with him, live with his brother had excessive sweating and had to get Botox under his arms on his, like, butt cheeks. Did you get it in his butt? On his butt cheeks and his hands. Ryan doesn't excessively sweat anywhere else. It's just his arse. It's just his arse. No, he does always have clammy hands. But I'm weird. I like a clammy hand. You like a clammy hand? Yeah, like, sometimes you have a little bit of a clammy hand and I love it. Oh, I'm clammy. It's, like, my favourite thing. Sweat you up a clammy hand. That's what I have. Is that weird? No. I don't think so. Um, And I like a cold clammy hand. Oh, I like a cold, oh, cold hand. On my face Um, right now. But anyway, I roll over in the middle of the night and my knee touches his arse and I'm like, oh, oh, it wakes me up. Oh no, is it really? It's cold and wet. Like, it's not just clammy. And it's... he's sweating anywhere else. No. 
very hairy arse. Maybe that could be it. Anyway, me and Emma had a conversation about it in one of the podcasts. And then there's, it got cut out because I think one of us belched. Colin just cut the whole fucking thing out. And then when I was listening back, I did the episode. I wrote the name of the episode because I had it on my phone. And then I was listening back and I was like, we did not say this. <laughs> not once. Did we mention Graham's sweaty arse? So yeah. apologies to Graham. A, for calling the episode that. <laughs> B, for then not explaining why we called the episode that and just randomly accusing him of having sweaty arse. Here, you know what I read today and I don't know if it's true fact but I'm going to say it as if it is. Go on. Uh, Angela Lansbury's daughter was like really interested in yes. this boy. She was nearly gone with uh, Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Yeah, she moved to England. She brought her to or Ireland. She moved her, she moved yeah, her here. To get her away from to it. To get her away from it. She was obsessed with the Manson family. And she was like, I'm so afraid she's going to run off with them. So she brought her to Ireland. That's true. Yeah. That's She mental. talked about that. I watched an interview with her where she actually talked about that. She's like, I moved to Ireland to get her away from the Bensons. And I was like, what? Do, 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 do. People are fucking crazy. Do, 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 do. Like, but that's what happened to do, so, many, do, 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 so many of those girls that just became completely obsessed with him. Why did they become like totally obsessed <sighs> with him? Like, what's the thing that like people are... I don't know. Like, I don't get it. He's so gross. Like, because like, he didn't claim to be the Messiah or anything. It wasn't was, like a culty thing. He's just so gross. Like, I'm like, what? That, I know that man's stank. They must have all stank. Oh, they all stank. Blech. They just like, smell like, you know, you haven't washed your pits for like seven days. I've never smelled that because I've always washed my pits. Oh my God, pits, mama. You know, like today I haven't particularly, but you know when you're just like giving yourself a little birdie bath in oh, the morning. Oh, I'm giving myself a little birdie bath, yeah. What does uh, Lauren's nanny say? It's okay if you, everything will be fine once you've washed your, your three Fs. Fanny, your face, face, your fanny. fanny and your feet. She's right. <laughs> She's absolutely right, Lauren. Your face, Nani. your fanny, and your feet. And I was like, I hope she washes them in that order. Face, fanny, feet. Not feet, fanny, face. Um. Yeah. No. I just. I don't get the man, the Charles Manson thing. I'll never understand it. Like I. Like ew. He's gross. He's a gross there are, there are certain like cults where I can be like, where I not that I understand because I don't. Well, there's people that are lost and they find yeah, these people and, that are trying. And you're, yeah. But even those people, they have like these. You're like, oh, okay. His the beginning of it was like lovely. Do you know what I mean? It's like peace and love and yeah. like let's all live together and share things yeah. and including your body. Yay, hooray. We'll all have sex with I one I have another. 17 wives. Amazing. But like he didn't have no. any of that by any chance. Like counts. he was, his entire thing was just badness. There wasn't like a point where people were like, oh, I'm here because there's love and happy. No, he was just, he, and he he's just like killed the rich. Fucking crazy. Like he was never not crazy. Like he was always insane. Yeah. Like always. He was never a stable, sane person. He's, fucking Lula the entire time like so I think a lot of I think the 70s is a really really the late 60s early 70s is a really dark time like super dark because America was moving away from like the war into like the peace and love era and then drugs became a massive thing in the country mm. so then that started fucking shit up like and people felt really jilted by the government because of what had happened in the 60s with like the wars and stuff so a lot of shit was like it was really t- and obviously the 70s was like the height of the serial killer thing in the yeah. United States so a lot of bad shit was going on there's a really good book called Helter Skelter I know a lot of people don't like the book but I enjoyed the book you can cancel why don't they like it a lot of people are just like this shite book I enjoyed it it's very long and very detailed so it's very graphic but it shows how badly the police fucked up the crime scene um of the what's what's her name Sharon Tate's like murder like they fucked it up so badly like it was brutal like Irish Gardy kind of fucked up oh like allowing police to come in and just traipse all over the murder scene 
with no friends Is it because she was famous and they wanted <clears throat> to take pictures? No, they just didn't. They just rushed in. And I think because it was such a shocking thing that had happened, they just weren't thinking. But like, that's besides the point. It's your fucking job. Mm. Um, and they missed so much stuff. They missed, like, they blamed people that weren't even, like, involved in it. It was just a whole fucking mess. But yeah, it's called Skelter if you get a chance. Okay. You see my, pa- my paper dolls I got? When we were younger, my mum had this box. See there in the little packages? Uh, that's terrifying. My mother had this box, right? We were myself and my sister. This is suffrage. And she had uh, paper ta- paper towels, paper dolls. Um, It's Georgia O'Keefe. And uh, she, we were fucking obsessed with them. And you just, obviously there's a flat paper doll and then you got the clothes and you wrapped it around them. Oh, wow. This is like a cafe Flavio and I were in in Edinburgh. I can't remember the name, but I'm a terrible person. And there was an artist selling stuff and I was like, oh my God, paper dolls. So I bought you. What's Georgia O'Keefe do? She does all the flowers that people think look like vaginas. Oh, but then she's she like, like, it's not vaginas. Autistic, you know that autistic girl? She, all oh, her name will come to me. She's like a, a genius engineer and her mum, she built one of those, like, she's like one of the first I know people that about. like the hugging machine. Yeah, oh, people are shouting at us again. Oh yeah, definitely. I can't think. Uh, Claire Danes made her in a movie. Yes, she did. <laughs> really badly, by the way. Terribly. But uh, yeah, Georgia O'Keefe does all the flowers that resemble vaginas. Like, vagina. this made me think it was the little autistic And baby. then all the people, artists were like, these look like vaginas. And Georgia O'Keefe was like, they're not vaginas. They are Georgia. They are. They are Georgia. Not a toy contains small parts and poses a choking hazard. You can't have this. You can't be trusted. Key Haring's cool. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I just thought they were so good. So I'm gonna frame. I'm gonna do them and then frame them. They're amazing. Mm, tiny little uh, cafe. Is so cute. Tiny little cafe. Hair. Actually, I'm reading a book at the moment about a guy called DJ Factoni, who was a DJ in the like Lee Bowery area. He was one of George Michael's best friends. <clears throat> Not George Michael. Sorry, Boy George's best friends. And he was like, it's fucking crazy. He was like when he was 16, he like blagged his way into like DJing in clubs in London. Because he was such a little prick that people genuinely thought he was like this amazing DJ. And he just made his entire life fortune out of it. But he was a severely bad drug addict. What's like, his name? DJ Fat Tony. Oh, I think I've watched a documentary about this yeah, guy. Yeah, he's fuck me. The drugs are mm. absolutely crazy. But he was friends with Keith Haring. Keith Haring. And he said that like when he was younger, he didn't appreciate like art, obviously. But Keith Haring like made him clothes like made him like leather jackets with his artwork on it his shoes and he lost all of it he was like I would just throw stuff away what like when he was 16 he was making 7,000 pounds a week this was in 1977 to 1982 a week he was like flying on Concord when he was 17 back and forth to New York hanging out with Andy Warhol like and then the drugs got so bad like so bad like he was talking about doing meth and I was like, oh my God, meth is terrifying. Meth what, is the most terrifying, just pulling his teeth out of his head. I think called meth mouth that they get, where they convince themselves that there's things growing inside their mouth. Sorry, trigger warning for this. Trigger warning for dental stuff and horrific body harm. Um, the story I'm going to tell you means so I'll keep that trigger warning on. <laughs> you got a thing called meth mouth. So apparently yeah. it's a thing a lot of them get where they convince themselves whatever the drug does that there's some there's things growing in their mouth. So he convinced himself there was animals growing in his mouth. And I was like, animals? Like, what does he mean? And then he was like, I thought there was like dogs in my mouth. So he's like, I would be digging into my gums. And he would dig into his gums so much that he would like break his teeth. And he was like ripping his teeth. One tooth left when he was like 28. 
ripped all the teeth out of his mouth. Like that's meth is Oh, it changes your brain structure. Fuck me, meth is terrifying. Yeah, like, like your brain structure never goes back to normal. And it it's changes such, it. It's such a and scary. It's like joke. that thing where they think they've got ants in yeah, their skin. Yeah, in their skin. Like he said that, and it's just scary. Scary because he was like, the difference between somebody that's on heroin is they're like, and he was like, but meth you tweak, so you're just like constantly. And he was like, meth addicts are violent. They're like, they'll do anything to get a fix. <clears throat> he's like whereas heroin addicts want to do that but they can't do that because they're so fucking out of their bins yeah. that they don't know what's going on but uh, if you get a chance I just started reading it it's really good like he it's written like somebody who has never written a book which I kind of enjoy because, like me when I write a story <laughs> but it's like written like somebody because I didn't want to read this to be like like he's a seasoned writer he's not but he's been clean and sober now for years and he's like helping other people with addiction and stuff Aww. but the people he was hanging around with when he was like 17 and they were just throwing, he, first time he ever did cocaine, Eddie, uh, Freddie Mercury gave him a line of cocaine. It's the first time he ever did cocaine. He said he was outside in a nightclub in London. It was heaven. And it was like the biggest gay nightclub in the, in the UK. And then Saturday night was just men. And he said he was standing outside and he was so nervous and he didn't want to go in. Is he gay? He's gay, yeah. yeah. He's like, I didn't want to go in. I was shitting myself. He's like, I was standing outside for like five hours. And he was like, a group of guys came up and they were like, he was wearing a t-shirt and they were like, we like your t-shirt. And he was like, thanks. And they were like, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just waiting for my friend. And the bouncer said he's been waiting for his friend for five hours. And they were like, come in with us. And it was Freddie Mercury and his friends. So he went in with them. And then afterwards, went back to Freddie Mercury's house and Freddie Mercury gave him like a line of cocaine or whatever. And then Freddie Mercury and these six men all started having an orgy on the bed. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was like, he didn't touch me. He didn't even look at me. None of them did. He was like, they knew I was a kid. So they were like, get out. Which I appreciate. That story could have went the other the way. Because other way. Yeah. they knew he was a kid, but then he's still giving them cocaine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But 70s, man. <laughs> It's a crazy fucking time. Wow. Yeah, like it's really like, and he he used to like he did so much damage. You know the way people on drugs are. Like, yeah. He broke his jaw from doing that. So when you look at him now, you can see that his face, like his jaw, is kind of like that. Broke his jaw. How many drugs was he doing? He spent a million pounds on drugs, and that's not including what people were giving him for free. He was out of his mind, and it was only that. Like, people were like, what was the thing that stopped? And he said he was, like, at the at his wit's end and he was in a bar in London and his ex-boyfriend came in and saw him and he said he just walked up to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he was like, what has happened to you? And he was like, it was just somebody asked me what has happened to you as opposed to trying to get something out of me. And he said he just broke down and it was the first step to getting rehab and going to rehab and getting help. Oh my god. Yeah, like it's really fucked up. Like his family life is really, really dark as well. Like his dad was a like, raging alcoholic. His brothers were all in and out of like um, jail. Like he said, but if you get a chance, it's a fascinating read. DJ Fatoni. DJ Fatoni. I don't take requests. Oh. It's cult. Anyway, if you got a $50 bill, put your hands up. If you got a $20 bill, put your hand up. It's very boring, I'm sorry. Who freaky tonight? Who freaky tonight? All right. Colin's going to put in an ad here. Yeah. Hey Colin, tell us about the Patreon Sure thing, Lily Pops Hey there MMI fans, it's me, Colin And do I have news for you It's all going down over at www.patreon.com Forward slash Murder Most Irish Where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering For you mega fans 
That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon. Featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximina's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most International for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Okay, Sarah's going to do a wee case for us now. Yeah. What are your trigger warnings? Death, murder, violence. So trigger warnings are uh, dismemberment of a body. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. Um, In Ireland? Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Uh, drug use just like a whole lot of violence like violence on top of violence can't pop that into the um, and I've tried to leave as much do you know what the trigger warnings yeah like a massive amount of violence dra- gangland criminality oh it's gangland stuff yeah. okay okay um, I didn't even look at this when I was printing it out because I wanted to keep you'll it you'll know like... once I start it but you won't know anything about it um, so this week I'm doing I'm doing the Drahada feud and the murder of Keen Mulready Woods. The Drahada feud, okay. Right. So anybody Drahada. who's not from Ireland is going to see the spelling of this uh, county. <laughs> Drogada. 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 Drogada is spelled D R O G H E D A, and it's pronounced Drogada. Second people see Dunleary, I know that shit's the fucking. Oh, there was a girl on TikTok today, and she's like, uh, backpacking. She was like, I was down in Dunleary. I don't blame her. Like, people are like, it's Dunleary. I'm like, that does not look like Dunleary no, in any like capacity. I, I went to this little sleepy town, Dunleary, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and she's right. And that's what she's we're like, going to call it from now then on. Then I went to Bray, and I was like, yeah, that one's easy. That one's okay. <laughs> um, so, I, I'm just, this one is, the, I'm giving the backstory to draw how to feud. Okay. One, because, like, it explains how we end up at Keen Mulready Woods. But two, it's like the escalation of this feud. Okay. Um. So my references are the Irish Mirror, Wikipedia, uh, two pages from Wikipedia, the Irish Mirror again. And then there is a fabulous uh, documentary that I watched um, called the... It was done by the Sunday Mirror, which made me sad. But actually, <laughs> the documentary was really good. And they had a journalist on it that, like, all she does is... um court she's a court journalist okay and she just works in Drogheda so she just goes to Drogheda court so she has all so the info she gave all the back info for um the Drogheda feud and then RTE RT News RT News courts um are where my references are from woohoo um so the Drogheda feud is one of the most recent gangland feuds to ignite it remains the backdrop of the violent murder of uh, Keen Mulready Woods um, Owen Maguire heads the Price Maguire crime gang along with Cornelius Price up until 2015-2016. Cornelius. He sounds like a um, 
like something from a kid's book in the Victorian oh, times. Yeah, true. Cornelius, Cornelius Price. Price was an organised crime gang leader while he lived in Ireland. He lived in Gormanstown, County Mead. Price is a father of two and was a notorious criminal convicted of reckne- reckless endangerment, endangerment and a key suspect in several murders that have all disappeared and a number of disappearances. He died in Wales from a long-term illness but like unrelated to gang land criminality and he had to leave Ireland um, because he was on the run. Um, the gang splits into two and they begin a feud over essentially drugs selling real estate in Drogheda. The other thing is that when you think of like gangland feuds in Ireland in particular, the one that's immediately going to come to mind is the Kinahan one. Yeah. Right? But the Kinahan one is spread over Dublin and Dublin is big. Mm-hmm. So the bloodshed, as often as it comes, it's spread out. This is Drogheda. This is just a tiny little it's town. A tiny little town. Mm-hmm. So like when this feud starts... It affects everybody. It affects it? everybody and it's non-stop because they're on top of each yep. other. Um... The Drogheda feud is a series of allegedly connected crimes in Drogheda, Ireland. Four people have been killed because of this feud. The feud began in 2017 when a drugs gang split into two divisions, one faction led by two brothers in their 20s from the Moneymore estate on the north side of town and the other led by Owen Maguire, leader of the Maguire gang, based on the cement road. The feud really escalated in 2017 when Owen Maguire was shot six times by a gunman. He was shot in his house on Cement Road, Drogheda, by a man called Robbie Lawler. He survives the attack, but he is left paralysed from the chest down. And after this, a bloody rampage of attacks begins. So it's like attacks, murders, muggings, kidnappings, acts of intimidation, and an absolute onslaught that the guardies struggle to get to grips with. Ever. So they, they just fucking go all out. They never get on top of it. And so, like, Robbie Lawler lives. Like, he is... Survives. He, and at this time, it doesn't come out that Robbie Lawler is a shooter until much later. And Owen never says who shot him. Oh. So and he, did he but, know? He knew? Yeah, because nobody... Rat, like, they don't rat each they other don't rat, yeah. So he's not going to tell the guards mm. who it was. Um, and Owen obviously survives and is still alive. But he's in a wheelchair. He's paralysed from the chest down. Jesus. Um, in November 2018, a man was found stripped, beaten and stabbed in a house in Moneymore Estate. The man's name, it's his surname is Rochford. So Rochford, who subsequently died in non-suspicious circumstances a year later. Oh, he survived that? Yes. Was found by Gardy in a shock, in a state of shock, naked, in a bathtub, covered in his own blood having sustained a broken law, a broken law, a broken jaw <laughs> and a slash wound to his torso. He'd been stabbed in his stomach and his jaw had been broken and they what put him the in a fuck? bathtub full of ice and completely stripped them in a fucking housing estate in Drogheda. fuck? A rival gang had abducted him a short time before after Garda had rescued him. The fire brigade had to deal with a burning car that had gas cylinders inside the abduction had happened about 24 hours after an arson attack that had destroyed a car or before. So he was delivering gas. So he, this guy worked for uh, Owen Maguire. Right. And he got a call to be like, I need gas. Okay. Like gas cylinders. He's off, They're obviously watching Owen as well. And they're watching people coming and going. So people are watching this guy. He goes to buy gas for own okay and then is kidnapped 
Jesus Christ. Um, he's ambushed and kidnapped, and the whole point of it was that they were trying to extort money from Owen. Oh, so and they were doing Owen's it through this brother guy. brother apparently had done something. Right. So they wanted, like, money for whatever Owen's brother had done, or Owen's brother. So they took this guy, kidnapped him. Stabbed him and put him in a bath. Tortured him, stabbed him, like, tort- like broke his jaw, put him in a bathtub full of ice, um, and then lit his car, like, lit his car on fire. His car had gas canisters in it. Um, and then the guardie, thankfully, someone, like, seen him being lifted and, like, reported. So are the amount of psychopaths in this country? No, it's insane. Um... There are multiple petrol bomb attacks on connected people's houses or what are seen to be connected people's houses. Mothers of sons involved. And I think it's important to remember that these criminals use kids to move drugs. Mm-hmm. These kids are groomed into yep. this. It is now a criminal act in Ireland to groom children into criminality. Um, but these kids still live at home. In a lot of cases, their innocent family members get wrapped up. Uh, they're from council estates. There's not an awful lot of options if you're in those council estates. And they're terrified because their child, their brother, their son, whatever is involved. And if they open their mouths to guard the will to the guarded, they will likely be killed. Yep. Their son will likely be killed. So there's like this constant circle of like abuse. Also, like these kids are usually early school dropouts. They're usually like brought in with the like idea of like money, money. and phones and playstation you'll be able to get the best uh gear and the yeah, best and clothes the and, and, and their children so those things to them are like oh my god that's amazing yeah. they don't think they don't think past that um and the, the community is just like horrible. in drawhada the community is just absolutely overridden by like this like problem like the, the hopelessness thing must feel as well to to try be trying to fix this and they can't you know yeah, I said this runs rampant in communities and it feeds on silence and fear. Um, And, like, I know I've spoken about it, but, like, I know what that feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to have, like, a family member involved in criminality and someone knock on your door and tell your mum and dad that they're going to shoot your son, shoot your brother, or they're going to burn your house or, down unless yeah, you get unless this you money get this, you what they need, yeah. Like, and nine times out of ten, it's been because someone has, like, someone else has stole something. And that person's end up responsible yeah, yeah, for it. Yeah. Um, so, Brendan Maguire is the brother of Owen. Um, he's, so, Brendan Maguire is the brother of Owen. And he's shot on the 26th of February 2019 as he walks out of a toy shop in the M1 retail park during broad daylight. I remember this. So, like, this guy walks out of, like, Smith's in the retail park. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. And someone just runs up and starts shooting. He spent several weeks in hospital recovering from the shooting. He had previously received a suspended sentence of 10 months for brawling. Um, he lives and... It, he lived too? He lives, yeah, by all accounts. He he is unscathed from his being shot. Jesus. Um, but yeah, so there's like a, an attempt on Brendan's life. Um, local politician Jed Nash criticises Garda's senior management and the minister for not retaining more pro- probationers. Um, and he also said that the gangs were running what riot. So he's like, my town is overrun. Like, your probationers are not like... So there's just like a ton of probationers now. So like, people go to prison, then they're being put out on probation and they're being put back in the area where they cause yeah. all the problems and straight back into this like 
gangland yeah. criminality. Like, that's how they make their money. Um, local councillor Kenneth Flood said in July after the shooting, Garda openly said that they didn't have the resources to police the divisions. They were like, we don't, we don't have, have it. Then you have the cops saying they don't have enough people to do the job. Then the criminals are looking at this and they're thinking, it's Christmas. He called for more resources for the Garda and a more intelligent use of resources. TD Fergus O'Dowd echoed the call for more resources and said that the Drogheda Gardaí must be afforded all necessary resources to tackle the recent crime. The lady who covered the like court cases in Drogheda, this is just bonkers to me. It's insane. I've never seen this in Dublin. But it there was just a sense in Drogheda that like there was no Gardaí and Gardaí couldn't do anything. So she was saying that in the courts down in Drogheda, whenever any of these like gangs were up in court, they would like try to intimidate each other in courts. So like if one of them was up for like whatever, the other side of like the gang would show up in court and sit beside his Fuck mates. Off. So they'd like put like really try and intimidate each other. They'd go up and like threaten each other outside and the, the courthouse. The judges did nothing and the police did nothing because there were there was like more of these than there was of them. And she was like, whenever she was like, you'd show up at the courthouse and you'd see the, you know, the Garda emergency response unit that yeah. has the guns. Yeah. You'd see them and you knew then one of them was up in court or multiples were up in court. So they were just running riot, basically. Running riot. And she was like, they'd be outside, like, outside the courthouse, threatening each other, fighting with each other, like, brawling with each other. And she was like, there was just, like, this real sense of, like, there's, n- like, no control here. Um, and that's the other thing that I think people don't understand about Ireland because like one our Gardaí the Garda emergency response unit have guns and they're like a specialised task force to have guns but our Gardaí are a community guard yeah. police service that's what we have in Ireland they're unarmed so they're unarmed in nine times out of ten they're not trained to deal with these circumstances so this really feels like they, something's happened in their communion and their community and they've fully lost a run of it yeah. when the Garda support unit comes in. But the Garda support unit is like fully armed. like armed but also is fully then kind of unleashed and drawn in. But there isn't enough of them. It's <laughs> like, so Drawed. Um Since the shooting of Owen Maguire the two gangs have exchanged a series of tit-for-tat attacks. So this is like a list of them. So in April 2019, a man was shot and wounded outside his house in Hardman's Gardens at approximately 4.30pm. Up to nine shots were fired at him from a busy street. Gardy described the attacks as indiscriminate. The shooting was followed by more arson and bomb attacks. So like they're like this guy, every attempted murder that happens as well just really bad at shooting people this is what I was just about to say these are clearly not trained they're kids kids. they're giving guns to kids in April 2019 Garda Commissioner Drew Harris announced the Garda Emergency Response Unit was deployed to Drogheda as part of the plan to deal with feuding gangs on May 4th 2019 there was a protest by around 500 people in Drogheda against the feud Mayor Frank Godfrey said that the feud did not reflect the people of Drogheda and their values. Keith Brannigan, 29, is said to be like the first person that's like killed in this feud. And it's fucking terrible. Keith Brannigan is 20 near, 29 years of age. He's shot in broad daylight while working on decking at a caravan park in Clotherhead, County Louth. It's like a holiday caravan park. On August 27, 2019, he was not considered a major criminal. 
He had been married three weeks before the shooting. It was the height of summer. Two cars were hit with stray bullets. There were children in the shopping in the shop getting ice cream, which could be seen from the like mobile home where he was shot. What the fuck? This demonstrates a spilling over of the feud and an escalation that anyone can be hit in the crossfire. Anyone could have easily been hit with a stray bullet. The volume of shots that were let off is like between 9 and 22. Yeah, because they're giving guns to children. But also this guy is like, the only connection they can find is that he was friends or friendly with Owen McGuire. That was it. He's not a criminal. So what the fuck are they doing going shooting him for? <sighs> On the 4th of November 2019, Richard Carberry arrived at his home around 11.40pm and was shot by a gunman. Gardy regarded him as a drug dealer who had supplied one side in the feud and one line of inquiry is that he may have been killed by the same side of that feud that murdered Brannigan. Right. So this guy <coughs> works for um, Robert... What did I say his name was? Robert... Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler. No, Lawler. Lawler. Robert Lawler. So he's the other side. He's not on the own side. Right. So the own side is... Keith Brannigan and he was killed he for was being killed. friends with him. Okay. Gets very complicated. So he may have been killed by the same side of the feud that murdered Brannigan. He had survived a previous murder attempt the previous March and had been formally warned by the Garda that his life was in danger. A van believed to be used as a getaway vehicle was found on fire on East Ham Road less than one kilometre away. Three cars parked in the estate were struck by stray bullets during the gun attack. So again, just like indiscriminate. Indiscriminate. Like, just willy-nilly. Willy-nilly, pop, 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 shooting off guns. Robbie Lawler was convicted. Was a convicted criminal who was released from prison in December 2019. He... About a month later, he's like leaving a gym and he's mugged, but the mugging is like filmed. It's like the oddest thing. There's also like a WhatsApp voice note that's like five minutes long of him talking to a friend about the entire thing. So the entire thing is filmed by the assailants and you can watch it online. Oh, they filmed mugging him? Yeah, because it's not really a mugging. It's like they're taunting him. Okay. And then they get the better of him and they steal... But there's like an alter... But there's way more of them than him. Okay. And they're all kids. They're all like under the age of 18. This is disgusting, dude. Why is it... So the assailants stole his gym bag and he had flip-flops and like gym gear in it. He had a brand new pair of flip-flops. And they posted a photo of themselves wearing the latter after mugging him to, like, taunt him. The assault was allegedly at the behest of a criminal rival of Lawler. So, like, another rival was like, he's going to be at this gym. So, I want you to go and make a show of him. Like, beat him up. Like, it. What the request wasn't to, like, kill him. Kill the him. request was, like, to, like, make a little Just of annoy him. annoy him, basically. Um, and so these kids, like, appear and they're like, you're nothing but... And he's like, do something about it. And then this goes on for a while. And one of them goes like, this goes on so long that one of them walks into a hardware store and buys a screwdriver. And then he's like, yeah, come on, let's do it. And then like he slaps a few of them and then they slap a few of him. What the fuck? Honestly, the whole thing is mental. The five minute voice note as well is just, it's like, sorry, it's like listening to Conor McGregor. Uh He's like telling his friend, he's like, they won't even do anything. Like, they're only kids. They're only kids. Like, that's what he's saying. And then he's like, I told one of them, go up the lane and I'll fucking make a foolie. Oh. But then he's like, it's not them. It's somebody else. 
But he knows that the, whoever is telling them to yeah, do this. Yeah, and then he's like, uh, I was laughing when they put the video up and wearing me flip-flops. I mean, they're brand new. They still had the tag on them. So he was like, like, this mentality of like, and these guys are all from Dublin, by the way. Very few of them are from oh, Dublin. They've like moved into Dublin. So like, this mentality is just so odd to me, but it's also like every hard man I've ever met. Yep. Where they're like, what? Who do you well, think you are? Come on, then. It's come all on. bravado, but it's, it's all bravado bullshit. with your life. Literally. They're going They're going to try and kill you. Like, this is your life. So anyway, Robbie also sent a WhatsApp voice note saying that he got into it with these kids. He slapped a few of them about. The incident went on for quite some time. And at one point, one of the kids went into a hardware store and got a screwdriver. The police were also involved. So the guardie arrived at one point and then he stopped and took a step back because he's on parole. So he oh. says in the WhatsApp message, I would have went a little bit harder, but I don't want to go back in. This will get me put back That's in. That's fair enough, yeah. So he stopped. That's that one. That's important and the flip-flops are important. Flip-flops, okay. John Miles was a taxi driver who was shot while driving over the bridge of peace on 13 January 2020. Guardian and the driver suspect the front seat of the passenger was the attended target. So again, oh. it's just like another innocent guy shot the, the taxi who's man. shot. Like, thankfully, I don't believe he died. Okay, good. Keen Mulready Woods grew up in Drogheda and attended St. Oliver's Community College. He was from a working class family. He was born to Elizabeth and Barry and he had three brothers and one sister. He was a fan of motocross. He owned his own scrambler and he was described by his cousin as the best scrambler rider in Drogheda. <laughs> He left school at an early age, but unfortunately, he was then groomed into this drug gang and he became a collector and an enforcer. So not the nicest of individuals, but he also is still a kid. A child. He went around town sporting designer clothing. He was involved in a lot of intimidation in the town. At the age of 15, he was in court for a bail hearing. 15? Yeah, yeah, no, these are children, Emma. He was up for the threatening to burn a family out of their home and he was suspected of playing both sides of the feud. So in that bail hearing, he got, like, bail. He just had to pay and then he got bail. Yeah. But, like, he was intimidating family members for, like, drug money. 15 years old. Yeah. And the thing that's really... It's not interesting. It's just a very different... It's odd. In Dublin, you get Dublin gangland criminality and definitely they, there are children groomed. Yeah. And they usually move drugs. Yeah. You don't really get like 15 or 14 year old enforcers. But in Drogheda Not because enforcers. they were very, they were all really young. Like, I think that's part of the reason why the field is so messy and they're just shoot, like shooting guns everywhere and like no matter they're what. Like, it doesn't matter. They're like, get that kid, get that they're kid. They're even way more immature than like this is a fucking mess. Yeah, no, it's a mess. Like, trying to put this together. This is not organised crime. This is like no. fully disorganised crime. Trying to write this and put it together, I was like, what? Yeah, like, no, who should mess. do? Yeah, it's a mess. Um. So anyway, he owned his own scrambler. He was described as the best scrambler in Drogheda. He left school at an early age. He was not the nicest of individuals, but he was sporting like designer clothing about to town. He was involved in intimidation at the age of 15. He was in court for a bail hearing. He was up for threatening to burn a family out of their home. He was suspected of playing both sides of the feud. However, none of this is substantiated. 
He was also potentially involved in Richard Carberry shooting, but again, none of this is proven and is all circumstantial and like rumour. But in the run-up to his murder, he was warned his life was in danger. And he took it seriously, so much so that he started wearing a ballistics vest. This chap is 17 year old, 17 years of age when he starts to wear like a bulletproof vest walking around. So he's getting dressed every day and he's putting a bulletproof vest on Just underneath his clothes. insane, dude. And he's 17 years of age. And he's still living at home with his parents. Oh my god, his parents must be like, what the fuck is happening? So, Mulready Woods was last seen at around 6pm on the 12th of January 2020 at St. Dominic's Bridge in Drogheda. He had called his mother to ask her to leave money out for the taxi home later this evening. And this always makes me laugh because when kids are dealing drugs and walking around in all these dishonor clothes, they don't have any money. These are not gang... These are not criminals. They're not career criminals. They don't know what to do with this money. They're not getting enough of it to like... They're not big players. So this idea that he's walking around showing the big man... And he's he's still ringing mommy. Yeah. Our house got raided when I was a kid. Like, fully raided, because my brother's a fucking idiot at the time. (laughs) And literally 12 minutes before the door got kicked in, he asked me for five euro. He asked me for five euro. He didn't have a pot to piss in. He didn't have a pot to piss in. And when the guards came in the house and were like, what they were looking for, I literally... One, I had to be pulled off him. I, but two, I was like, he has no money. He just asked me for a five. He asked me for five euro. He is a kid, and he, like he was a kid. Yeah, like a kid. But like, like just a don't like these are children that are groomed that have no sense of like anything no, they're involved whatsoever. in. No. And when you are like a teenager, you don't ever think you're going to die. No, of course not. Like you think, oh my god, I'm so young, I'm amazing. I look at my designer clothes. I'm and really I, I've seen this firsthand, and that's probably why like I do these gangland stories because I have seen it firsthand. Like I remember Richie being like, I got pulled into the back of a van and I fell up with a gun yeah, to my head me that, and I was yeah. like did you think you were going to die and he was like no I just knew I wasn't going to and I was like no you're just young you're young and you have uh, no you, sense yeah you have no sense there's a sense of danger but not to the point where you're like oh I'm going to die yeah. you don't think of that like Paul Crosby is one of the main protagonists on the anti-Maguire side so Keen Mulready works for Owen Maguire okay. he's on the Owen Maguire side of things he called Keen and asked him to meet outside the shop in Drogheda. Now, this is more than likely where that, like, playing both sides comes from. Okay. Because Keen met him. Okay. Keen was like, yeah, no better, I'll see you there. Right. So there probably was a bit of crossover. There was a bit of crossover there, definitely. Like, uh, Keen meets him, and two of them are on CCTV. He goes into a shop, he buys a soft drink, and then Keen gets into a car with Jared Cruz, who's then drive it who like drives and they drive back into the back of a house in Ratmullen Park okay that's the last time Keane's ever seen he's never okay. seen again and all that sentence <sighs> I just said no one knows that's happened this is just me like after yeah. the case yeah, I yeah, know yeah, this yeah. happened unbeknownst to the family they couldn't get hold of Keane and his sister sets up a Facebook group the next day looking to see if anyone has seen her brother but like they can't get hold of him. They don't. His phone's not on. No one. He's not picking up. Something's no wrong. one's seen him. And I'm sure his family were aware that like his life is in yeah, danger. Of course. On the 13th of January 2020, a local man finds a Puma sports bag with human remains at the junction of Moteview Gardens and Moteview Drive in Coolock, which is in Dublin. The bag has been thrown from a dark-coloured passing car 
at around 10 p.m. And when the guy opens the remains, it is the arms and legs of a human being. Oh my God, that poor man. It also contains a pair of brand new flip-flops. This was seen as a caution to anyone looking to cross Robbie Lawler. Oh shit. On January 15th, a further like human remains are believed to be the head and hands were found in a burnt out car in Trinity Terrace, Drumcondra in County Dublin in the early hours of Wednesday, January 15th. Dude, there is something so dark about the idea of the remains of a human being being, being found in a bag. Like, that is fucking dark, man. All the bags are all the exact same as well. Okay. So someone, like, went out and bought, bought these, bags. these bags. yeah. On the night of January 2015, Gardy confirmed that the DNA test had confirmed the limbs found in the backpack or in the rucksack were those of Keen Mulready Woods. On February 17th, January confirmed that the partial remains found in the car had also been identified as those of Keen Mulready Woods. The case then went quiet with no real leads and the, st- and the torso still missing. Um, and the teen's family continued to look for answers. The partial remains were t- the partial remains of Keen were put to rest on Thursday, thirteenth of February, twenty twenty, at the Holy Family Church of Balls Ballsgrove, Drogheda. Father Phil Gaffney conducted the funeral services and condemned the killing as well as the feud during the service. He described the deceased as a young, naive, enough to fall in with the wrong people, not knowing or anticipating the dire consequences. He also said that I hope that his death will be a warning to other young teenagers who are being groomed by the ruthless criminals that the promise of money and gifts will inevitably end in tragedy. He also criticised people who took illegal recreational drugs as fueling the violence of the feud. There was a significant Garda presence at the funeral and several hundred people attended the funeral mass. Gardy had requested that the media did not enter the church during the funeral service. The media hung and gathered outside. When the funeral cortege arrived, a young man broke off from the crowd outside the church and approached the media, telling them to leave. He said if they were still outside after the church and the funeral was over, he would break their cameras. After the funeral, two men ran over to the media, calling them scum, but they were stopped by the guardie. Sorry, but the only people who are scum in this is like... Yeah, I think you might want to point that finger back at yourself. Yeah. The deceased was buried in Calvary Cemetery, Drogheda, and the guardie were prepared to keep an eye on the social gatherings related to the funeral after the burial. At the time of his funeral, his torso had still not been recovered. Fuck me. The torso of the teen was finally found on a site next to Ratmullen Park in Drogheda on the 1st of April 2021, so like a year later. A DNA test confirmed the skeletal torso was that of Keen Keen Mulready Woods. The working theory is that the plan to dispose of Keen's body was for them to be dropped off in bags, all matching bags, potentially all with flip-flops, in front of different criminal heads of the Maguire organisation as a warning. But that en route, the gar- they came across the guardies, they panicked 
and dropped them off at other points as above. A ballistics vest was also found on a bonfire that belonged to the teenager, and it is also believed the first gym bag found with the flip-flops is in it where the calling card or a note from Robbie Lawler. So, like, the whole idea was that, like, three bags would be with, like, his body parts. Oh, so this is because they took his his gym bag and his flip-flops. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? Now, there... There is, like, Keen wasn't picked upon because of that. Of course not. He no. was chosen and picked upon because of, like, some other double crossing. The The rumour mill, unsubstantiated, is that he was involved in the killing of that Carberry fella. Okay. Again, it's unsubstantiated. The guardians yeah. say they have no proof that that happened, but that Carberry fella it was Robbie's brother-in-law. Oh, um, this is all, this yeah, this is all very linked. Yeah. It goes very deep. Um, and then the other thing is that the flip flop thing is incredibly stupid. Yes, yeah, so dumb. You're chopping up a seventeen year old, and you think it's cool to put the, like this would be my car- dude. Where do you think you are? You're not in the fucking mafia. Like These you're not. People are watching too many Scarface. Yeah, they're, they're just watching. Turn off the Sopranos, please. But en route, they came across Gardie, so they panicked and dropped them off at other points. So that's why they think like that the like because they ended up in really odd places. Yeah. They also ended up like again. They ended up in and around where. Robbie was from. Okay. Was from Kulak. Kulak, yeah, yeah. A Gardasaur said, we believe Keen was stabbed in the neck by Robbie Lawler and that he watched him die. Like he watched him bled out. He wanted revenge for a mugging at a gym which Keen was involved in when he was beaten up and his flip-flops taken. There were rumours Keen was also involved in the killing of his brother-in-law and another person was there and cut up the body. She's fucking psychopaths in this country. Serial offender Paul Crosby, Ooh. 27, was jailed for 10 years while his co-accused Gerard Rocky Cruz, 49 years of age, was jailed for 7 years by the Special Criminal Court. Crosby of Ratmullen Park in Drogheda and Cruz, formerly of Drogheda and Sherrod Street in Dublin, both admitted facilitating the murder of Keane Mulready Woods between January 11th and 13th in 2020. The maximum that each man could have faced was 15 years imprisonment. Keane, 17 at the time, was lured to a house in Ratmullen Estate where he was murdered and his body was then dismembered. Gardy believed by slain serial killer, so Robbie Lawler is dead at this point. Yeah. By Robbie Lawler using a drill and other implements. Senior investigating officer in the murder of Keane, Detective Inspector Aidan McCabe of Drogheda, Garda Station told the three judge special criminal court the chief suspect in the murder was Robbie Lawler who was a criminal of significant notoriety linked to several murders and was heavily involved in the Drogheda feud and other feuds it's important to note for this case and for all of these cases they do not go to a jury um, case because it's not safe it's not safe there's yeah. too much jury intimidation so this has gone to a special criminal court that has three judges like imagine being a forty-nine-year-old man and murdering a child, seventeen-year-old boy, and cutting him up, like bringing him to his death, luring him. Yeah. Like Keen was last seen seen alive at the rear of a house belonging to Gerard Jed McKenna in Rathmullen Park, with three others, including Lawler, on January twelfth, twenty twenty, at six forty-eight p.m. It is believed he was murdered shortly afterwards in the house. McKenna has already been sentenced to four years in prison for removing evidence and cleaning up the crime scene. 
Cruz, who has a number of convictions, including burglary, public, public order and drug offences, drove them to a lane way at the back of the house where he was later murdered. So he drove him to the house. The two also bought a van in which bone fragments belonging to Keane were discovered. There was no evidence that Cruz or Crosby were present when the murder took place, but Crosby was in contact by phone with Lawler, who returned to Dublin soon after the murder. Both men apologised for what happened with Cruz, insisting he did not know the child was to be murdered. Hmm... Cruz told Gardy he was asked by Crosby to help dispose of Keane's remains, but he declined, even when he was offered money. A little and Tesco shopping bag, one which contained a drill, contained Cruz's DNA and were left outside the house. He, admit, he admitted he may have provided a drill in the bag to Robbie Fowler. Lawler. Lawler. Who's Robbie Fowler? Am I stuck in my I head? I think Robbie Fowler is a footballer. No. He, Robbie Fowler wasn't there and he didn't do it. Hey, Google. Who's Robbie Fowler? Sorry, I don't understand. But I found something related. Do you want to know what is Robbie Keane doing now? No. Anyway. The court-haired Keane was reported missing by his brother Elizabeth at 4pm on Monday, January 13th. Hang on, have I skipped a bit? No. Uh... Monday, January 13, 2020. A confidential informant received by Guardian Drogheda claimed that he had been murdered. So when the brothers reported him missing, a confidential informant was like, he's dead. He's dead. He's murdered. And I believe that the Guardian informed the family that they thought that that was the case. Later that evening, a black Puma bag containing Keane's dismembered arms and legs was thrown from a Navy Volvo car bearing false number plates in Motview in Coolock, Dublin. Two days later, Keane's head, hands and feet were found in the boot of the burning Volvo in Trinity Terrace in Dublin. On March 10th, 2021, Keane's skeletal torso was discovered in a Puma sports bag following a search of a waste ground in Ratmullen. It was established Keane had died a violent death and a drill and other implements were used in his murder, the court had heard. The court heard Crosby, who was over 40 convictions, met Keane on the day he went missing and they both got into a car driving, being, they both got into the car being driven by Cruz. 40 convictions just walking around willy-nilly, not a bother on him. Just driving 17-year-olds to their violent yeah. death. In her victim impact statement, Keane's mother, Elizabeth, said, No one could imagine the darkness and sadistic evil in our country. I can hear him calling, ma'am, ma'am, and the haunting nightmares live forever with us. God love her. To lose my child, my son, my baby, in the most inhumane, barbaric death is shocking. She also said, adding, that part of her died too. I couldn't protect him. It shattered our hearts and no mending is possible. The statement continued, adding that questions such as, when did he realise he was being killed? Did he call out for me? Did he suffer? Did he try to run? Oh, Jesus Christ. I wish I could see his cheeky smile and him saying, I love you, ma'am, one more time. Till we meet again, Keane's mother's statement continued. Mr. Justice Hunt said that the chief suspect for the murder was Robert Lawler, a criminal of significant notoriety and, link and was linked to several murders. who was heavily involved in a feud between rival gangs in Drogheda. Such gangs, the judge said, are the scourge of the localities concerned and are a matter of nationwide concern. 
Mr Justice Hunt said that both Crosby and Cruz must have had some knowledge of the capacities of the person they were assisting. Mm -hmm. I agree. It was a heinous and appalling crime and Keane's remains were treated in a disgraceful and inhumane way that beggars belief and compounds his family's grief. During the court case above, it came out that Robbie Lawler was the chief suspect in the gruesome murder of the Drogheda teen. It was also then named in court that he was believed to be the man to originally shoot Owen Maguire. Oh. Maguire was left paralysed from the chest down and confined to a wheelchair because of being shot several times back in 2018. When did you hear this? Robbie was arrested close to the scene where Owen had been shot. He was driving erratically with a flat tyre. He was stopped by the guardie just an hour after the attempted murder of Maguire. He was stopped in North Lout for driving at high speeds with a flat tyre. The Dublin criminal was stripped to his underwear and was doused in petrol when the car he was driving was stopped by the members of the road policing unit. Guardy believe he was semi-naked and doused in petrol to remove any traces <gasps> of DNA or gun residue following the murder. He had been summoned to appear before Dundalk District Court on a number of driving offences for that night. Lawler is suspected in the killing of at least six people, including the 17-year-old Keen Mulready Woods. So, like, he shot off Owen Maguire and then, like, poured... Doused himself in petrol, petrol. Took off all his clothes and then was, like, driving erratically away from the scene and was pulled over by the, like, uh, road traffic police cop, like, guardie. And then they were like, you've got a flat tyre. but And also, you're covered in petrol, sir. And you've got no clothes on. Like, you just had underwear on. It's always like... What is happening These people dog? are not career criminals. What the criminal. fuck is happening to Louth? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? So he's... They, they're, are they, they're trying to get him, obviously, and they can't. He's dead now, so I'm going to tell you how he died. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, okay, sorry. Yeah, he's dead now. So... Trigger... Or not trigger warning, uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. On April 4, 2020, Robbery Lawler was short, shot around 11.50am outside a house in Etna Drive, Ardoyne in North Belfast. So this is before this goes to court. In Belfast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. This guy ain't fucking about. He was suspected of ordering the murder and dismemberment of Keane Mulready Woods and Lawler was originally from Dublin but had lived in County Mead and was heavily involved in... Crime! Dun, dun, dun. All of the crimes. Yeah, all the crimes. In organised crime, including the Drogheda feud. He had been threatened by one faction of the Drogheda feud, but it was also at odds with a major Dublin criminal who was suspected of several murders himself, including that of Alan Ryan. Three men suspected of the murder were arrested and questioned by the PSNI at Musgrave Police Station. The shooting was condemned by Detective Superintendent Jason Murphy as a callous murder as a danger to the local community and adding to the stress of the community during the coronavirus pandemic. The shooting was also condemned by the Minister for Justice, Naomi Long, and Sinn Féin MLA, Jerry Kelly. In June 2020, Warren Crossan, a dissident republic who had been arrested after the murder of Robbie Lawler, was also shot dead in Rodney Drive in the area of West Belfast. Police are following lines of investigation into his shooting, one into the shooting of Robbie Lawler and one into the feud among dissident republics. Republicans. 
In September 2020, Garda raided a number of properties, including that of the leader of a Drogheda gang. The raid was part of an investigation into the murder of Robbie Lawler and the organised crime in general. Lawler was suspected of being behind, of being behind a failed 2018 attempt on the life and gang of the leader, and the Gardaí believe Lawler was murdered as payback for both the attempted murder of the gang leader and the murder of Keane Mulready Woods. The primary suspect are two Limerick criminals involved in organised crime for over a decade. Jesus Christ. But no one has been arrested and no one has been held responsible for his murder. So the moral of the story is everybody dies. I think that also, I, do, I think a lot of these criminals don't, I think they get this like massive amount of hubris where they don't understand there are other people that are bigger and bolder than you. And then you cross that border and you go into Belfast and you are fucking with the wrong type of people. That shit's in their blood. Like, mm-hmm. not in every, that's not what I mean. I just mean within the criminal gangs, they have been doing this forever. Yeah. They have so many connections. They have so many weapons. Like, they, that is organized crime. What's going on in Louth is a bunch of children being groomed by grown men mm. who actually are fucking idiots and don't know what they're doing. What a fucking mess, Sarah Jane. That's a mess. I'm sorry. It was the best I could like. No, not yours. Not your story. I mean, what a mess yeah, going like, on. Trying to chronologically organize it. I was like, who shot who? And for and what? Like, and for well, when? You shot him. So now we're going to come over and we're going to send a 12 year old to go bang, bang, bang everywhere. And yeah. they're not, they're not going to actually shoot anybody, but then they're going to accidentally shoot a random person who has nothing to do with any of it. Like he was that Robbie Lawler guy was always going to get murdered. Oh, 100%. Like, and that's the thing. I think a lot of them, you know, the mouthpieces, when they when they don't know when to shut the fuck up, a lot of them end up dead because the gangs are like, we don't, he's too loud. We don't want him gathering all this attention to what's going on. We're trying to do this. But like, it just seems that obviously a lot of dubs moved into Louth and they're trying to like bring that into Louth. But obviously they're getting people involved who have nothing to do with gangland criminality yeah. and are just kids kids babies like a 17 year old being murdered and dismembered mm-hmm. and his body been put in puma back like what who do you think you are it's tony mental, soprano get over yourself what yeah. are you doing like like it's just like we're gonna put flip-flops in oh fuck off like his poor mother i'm gonna cover myself in petrol that is extreme i was like and then driving with like a, a, a flat tire yeah. erratically. You think you're going to be stopped by the guards? Like, if I'm going to shoot somebody, I've got that fucking car well eaten ready to yeah. go. Yeah. Just bring a change clothes. Like, don't drive erratically after, di- like, it, but that goes also to show don't you. Shoot anybody. <laughs> like, don't just don't shoot people, man. Like, maybe just don't like what's, I often think with these things, I often think, what's the end game here? What's the, what's the outcome they want? They just want to be in charge of everything. Yeah, I'm always like, like, what is the point? Like, and I think that is, it's just like they want to be in charge of everything. But it's just, but seems... no, normally, honestly, it's just that like they've had a falling out over something. Yeah. Like it's like, why can't you just be grown ups about this? Why are you, why are you giving guns to fifteen year olds? Like even the Kinahan Hutch feud that started pretty much because someone didn't like somebody. Yeah, and then. And that's really it. Like, this business at the end of the day, I don't like you. But this business is, I don't like you, so I'm going to shoot you. And, like, it's mad because one one small incident can trigger 
years and years and years of like internal fighting and basically as you said a war like a full blown war it's just it's terrible that this is still happening with kids yeah like I'm a like where we live that is happening all the time yeah like it just it makes me really sad they're driving around on scramblers they're they're like you know and I get that like sometimes I can be what's the word oh I can be little fuckers get away from me like I can be like that but that's only because you're, when it's happening, you're like, fuck off. But then we need to take a step back and you're like, what happened that you are not in school? Yeah. Hanging around with your friends, playing video games. Yeah. You are moving drugs mm-hmm. for adults. Yeah. Grown ass men. Like, it's like that doc, that podcast, you know, the one about the guy who was groomed. Oh, but, yeah. Like, that shit. I didn't understand the depth of what goes on there and the depravity that these children go through until I listened to that podcast and I was like, oh, my fucking God. The Witness is The Witness. I, fuck me. I was just one of the bravest individuals I think I've ever encountered in my life. Like, but very well done. Uh, it's just desperately sad that this is still going on. Mm. Like fucking hell, man! What do you do with that? You don't do anything with that. No, you don't, do you? Like, there's nothing you can do with it. Like the Kinahan stuff is terrifying. I find that really scary. Oh, the Kinahan stuff. The thing, and I know, like, even my sister would be like, "Don't be talking about that. Don't be talking about. Why are you talking about? Like, if she listens, why are you talking about him? Um, and I think that's the thing is that like people are genuinely scared. They are, yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not scared. I absolutely would be, but I also think it's really important that like there is a there is a a thing in Ireland where it's like let them kill themselves. Yeah, let them kill each other. Let them kill each other. Yeah, one less like or one less ganger, one less scumbag. And you're like, but they're not like they're kids. They're kids. Something is like absolutely fundamentally broken within our society. Yeah. If like as uh society's response is to like well like sure let them kill each other. Yeah. You're like, but... But therefore, the, by the grace of God, go you. Like, that could be your child very easily. Yeah, like, or even Graham's mom. Graham's mom's always like, I'm so lucky, Graham. Like, yeah. And it is that thing where, like, and I'm not trying to, like... Graham's mom fought really hard and worked really hard with, like, keeping her kids safe. Yeah. But it is fucking luck when you're it from Bally Firma and you're a male. Yeah, like, look at Gar and Chris. Like, like they ver- that it very is easily could have happened to them. fucking luck because yeah. it's like... To get up the road and not get beaten up, you have to be like, hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on? You have to be cordial. You have to talk to yeah. these people. Even if you're like, I fucking like what you're doing. I'm not interested in what you're doing. I have to be nice to you like, because if I'm not, I'm a problem. I, I'm like, I'm also 13 and I've got to walk home every day. This is so dark. Like, I'm a 13 year old kid. I've got to walk home every day. And if I don't do, if I don't like remain cordial... Well, then, like, my life is going to be fucking hell. Like, and that, honest to God, for, like... And I don't think, like, it's much easier for girls. Yeah. Much easier for girls in areas where I grew up. Because you're just, like, girls don't run drugs. No. It might be different now, but they didn't then. Girls are... I've never seen a girl on a scrambler in Bellingham. No. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, so girls are not the one that, like... They're not and who they honestly, use. honestly, if I'm being really fucking frank... If they're grooming you, it's not for that. Nope. It's for the other thing, It's for other things, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, some of these boys are being sexually groomed as yeah, well. Yeah, 100%. And like the fact that that's somehow ignored the and very not second, talked the about. The very first case I did on, the, on this podcast was about... Excuse me. 
a guy that was in gangland criminality who was a fucking serial killer yep. an absolute sociopath who was raping, raping boys, boys before he murdered yeah. them like this is and that story the witness the witness yeah. that boy was sexually abused yeah. by that man he was raped um, and groomed yeah. but I think the thing is that like when we talk about like true crime in Ireland the the gang like all of the articles I read and all of the articles where I could get any real information were all the sun the, like the rats they're the only people that follow right? it really because yeah. the only people that follow it and I'm it's like fucking are like my mum and dad because they live it yeah because the broadsheets don't care about this no. the broadsheets are targeted towards middle class like in the broadsheets yeah. I was like I could get the court case hearings yeah. And that was it. But I couldn't get into the details of like who these kids are. Mm-hmm. Like what's their mom's name? What like because in the broadsheets we don't care no, about No, they don't them. talk about it. Like they're talking about the Kinnahans now because it's because it's become like uh, a worldwide thing yeah. and a lot of countries are talking about and it. And because then they've got money. The broadsheets are following it now. Billions of dollars. Yeah, the broadsheets don't follow like the Star, the Mirror, these ma- these newspapers all cling to the gangland stuff. And there's probably an argument to say that they sensationalise it. Of course they it do. sells a newspaper. They sensationalise everything. Like they call everybody a psychotic killer. They call yeah. them like absolutely but at the same time like But you're if you're from an area and you that's going on in your life you're going to read the newspaper that's talking yeah. about it. Like, that's just a fact, um, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it is, and it's, unfortunately, with the broadsheets, it's the same mentality of let them kill each other. Yeah, let them kill each other, like, sure, they're just scumbags, they're just from an air, like, it's never going to get any better, it's always been that way, and it's like, but it's never going to get any better because nobody cares about it. Nobody, but it's the same with, with the heroin epidemic in this, in this, in this city. The government don't care. Yeah. Because these people don't vote, Sarah Jane. Yeah. These people mean, no, these people are all down. these people do like, vote, and that's why Sinn Féin's yeah. But I mean, with regards, like, you know, when you're in town and you see how bad heroin is at the moment in town and it's like, why isn't anybody helping? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because they don't care. Yeah. These are the people that are like the dregs of society to the upper middle class. They're like, we don't care what happens to them. Yeah. Like, and that, it's the same mentality with gangland stuff. You know what I mean? But it's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. It's dark. That stuff scares the fuck out of me. I just think it's so terrifying. And the, the idea of children with guns is so unbelievably terrifying Fucking because dumb. they're not trained dumb. to hold a weapon just so like imagine dumbest. handing Lily a gun like you, that's pretty much what it is Sarah Jane imagine giving me a gun yeah I won't give you I, I know you would I won't be able to stop your impulse control is just oh I'll be gone shush 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 um yeah anyway that's the end of this but week's excellent story job. it's desperately sad sorry guys for bumming you out um Jesus, I don't know, man. It's fucking scary. It's um, a bigger question, and it's a question that, like, people just, like, generally, government doesn't want to answer. No. Um, and the Guardi are not capable of dealing with it. No. Because the problem with dealing with it is it's not just about, like, taking the criminals off the streets. That's actually a big part of it. The other part of it is dealing with, like, the social and economic yeah. problems in those areas. And, like, looking at, like, programs that, like, help get these kids off the street into a program understand that like most of them have like some form of like mental health disorder that means that school's just not a place for them that they're ever going to succeed and then on top of that most of them don't have a support network at home where school's an option and a lot of them have parents that are working jobs that they don't see their kids because they have to earn enough money to make sure that they're fed A lot of them have parents who also have mental health issues, drug drug dependency, alcohol dependency. So as I always say sometimes, and it's a terrible thing to say, no hope. 
No, and that, that's the thing is like, no these kids are like, the kids I know that when I grew up that are now like in that are like dead. Like, it came from parents of like drug addicts yeah. and like nowhere for them to go, no support network, no one watching out and like kind of like the, oh, he can give me money. I can get money off him. Yeah. Like, I know kids and my mom knows kids that like of these parents that we're going to school with no food. Yeah. We're coming home to no food. And then if you've got like an eight-year-old brother and you're 13 and this fella's going to give you like 50 quid for like going up the road on your bike. You'd be like, I can feed my little brother. I can feed my little brother. I can yeah. like, we can get you. Like I, for a little while when I first started driving, I used to do chipper deliveries. Mm-hmm. It was like cash in hand. And I used to do it in the evenings and Graham used to come around with me. The amount of houses that I went to in Ballyfermouth that they were like eight-year-olds ordering chipper. Stop with saying. no one in the house and you were like you is this the only meal you're having oh I'm I'm deadly serious the amount of kids that opened the door to me oh. with not a single adult in the house giving me money for like chipper on like a fucking Thursday night like and in a like a filthy house with a pile of washing in the kitchen no adults around and like that was at least four times a night Oh, this is so depressing. Like, and then you've got, you know, Johnny up the road who's like, here, if you do this for me, I'll be able to give you a phone like me. Would you like a phone like me? Sure, I'll text you when I need you and you can just come and help me. Sure, your man's not home on this day, isn't you not? Grand, yeah, no problem. And that, and that's literally, if people don't seem to realise, that's how it starts. That's literally how it starts. It yeah, is, like these kids aren't doing it for the crack. Do you know what I mean? They're not doing the it for the exact laugh. same as being groomed yeah. for sex. Yeah. You are just now you're, being groomed. You were giving to like, a child what they need at yeah. that moment. Yeah. And they don't know any better. Yeah. It is the exact same. And like, I don't think people, I don't think people equate the, the two of them the same. No, they don't. And Ireland has such a severe issue with like grooming children into criminality. Yeah. It is fucking insane. And how it, and how there isn't like, like, it isn't being targeted. And yeah. People being insane. like, oh, they like that thing of like, you just sit there, they don't do it for fun. They don't. But people get stuck in the like the fact that they're all on their Facebook page. They're all on. But it's like, that's what happens when you're in a group of peers. They're kids. You act like the people you're with. They're kids. Because you need to fit yeah. in. Like, it's literally, that's all that's happening. It's like, oh, look at my new shoes. Look at my tracksuit. Look at my blah, blah, blah. They're or, children. Look at me standing out recording all yeah. the lads uh, joyride in the car. They're children. Like, like, they're babies. A lot of them are like, you see the some of them and they're like this big. I don't, I'm terrified of them. And I would cross the street if I had to walk 100% past them the exact the same. But, but you can do that and still understand that there is a fundamental problem, problem. here. Yeah. Like you can still go, I'm just going to do this for my safety because these, you know, they have been taught how to do this and still understand that's a child. Yeah. That's a, that's, that was in fucking sec, like our primary school six months ago. Yeah. And now this is its life. Like, all right, we have to solve all these problems. Anyway, that's the end of this week's episode. Jesus, lads, thanks so much. Uh, We'll be back next week with another horrific story. Just FYI. Um, and thank you, Sarah Jane. And we're doing a drive this week, aren't we? We're doing a drive this week. We're going to do a drive. And we're going to be on Megan Burke's podcast. Oh, yes. We're going to be on Megan's Burke's, Megan Burke's podcast. Sarah and I'm going to drag this grumpy cunt out of the house. Yeah. Um, Is it next week we're going? 
No, I'll tell you, I'm going to talk to you now about D. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll be on Megan Burke's podcast and we'll link it to our podcast. We will. We'll put it, and it's a fun one and we're not talking about we're murder. We're not talking about murder. We're going to talk about nice things and fun things and we're going to do a drive and just video content on the on the Patreon mm-hmm. this week. So we hope you like it. We're trying to get Emma to do more video hey. stuff. We did try t- to vlog, but it was we're terrible. <laughs> it didn't work. It just... Colin was like just three minutes of stuff. And when I played it back, I was like, oh, this is not working. We were just all over the shop. Hey, hey, we're here now. Yeah. Where are we? we have to learn how to vlog. It's harder than it looks. Yeah, no, I'm just, it you is. have to like set up like what you're doing. It's much harder than it looks. I Colin, do you know what? That's what we'll do in the summer. We'll figure out like we'll do a learn how to vlog. Yeah, we'll definitely learn how to <laughs> learn how to vlog. <laughs> um, but yes, everybody have a lovely week, and um, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Holly, go get six burgers. No, don't get six burgers. That's a terrible idea. Colin can do it. I've got a constitution that I don't have. Six burgers, one after the other, and he doesn't stop. And then he comes home and like, you're right. And he's like, go to bed, Colin. Yeah, and then he throws up. Okay, bye. Kill it.